Hello everyone, I'm your host Light, and welcome to Lighter Day Saint. I was out walking the other day and happened to pass by a park. While doing so, I saw a man there with long dark hair and a beard playing with his kids. The first thought I had was somewhat of a strange one. His appearance reminded me of Jesus Christ. Mind, I haven't seen him in person, but he did remind me of the man who plays him in The Chosen, as well as some paintings I've seen. My second thought occurred as I saw him playing with his kids. The small group were all smiling, enjoying each other's company, and in relation to the previous thought, it got me wondering, what would it be like to have Jesus as a father to a family? What would he be like? How would he teach the children? How would he work with the children through direct conflicts and daily struggles? This was my thought, at least until I remembered Jesus' own words. If he had known me, you should have known my Father also. Thus, if we know the Father by knowing the Son, and if the Father is our Heavenly Father, then we do know what it's like having Christ as our Father. He may not be here in person with us, but we still know we have an all-knowing and ever-loving being who is literally the Father of our spirits and who is one in purpose with Jesus Christ. The Quorum of the Twelve Apostles once noted, It is significant that of all the titles of respect and honor and admiration that are given to deity, he has asked us to address him as Father. Clearly this title is important and eternal as God himself is, and the fact we take on his name as men is no small matter. Equally important is that of the Mother. From the beginning, God saw that it was not good for man to be alone, so he created woman as a helpmeet for him. The two are to act as one flesh, in a spirit of unity, supporting the other in their respective roles. And what of these roles? By divine design, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness, and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Meanwhile, Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. We further read that in these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners, and that disability, death, and other circumstances may necessitate individual adaption. It is with our unique roles and gifts that we work together to form what Paul referred to as the body of Christ. He further notes the importance of each individual saying that the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, these are all things we as members know to be true. Anyone who studied the family approximation of the world knows what we feel regarding the sacred roles of mother and father. However, I bring this matter up and the associated document because it is of crucial importance, especially now. I don't believe it's a far cry to say that we live in troubled times. Everyone around the world will admit that something has gone wrong, though what exactly that is and who is to blame will differ greatly between persons asked. Nevertheless, this is a time when we must decide where we stand and what we stand for, not only for ourselves, but also for our future generations. After all, in the words of a wise and oft-quoted phrase, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So it is with our children. They need proper guidance and teachers. 
ones who will act in love and meekness, teaching proper respect and love for our fellow man and for God. We begin by building on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We practice and then teach the principles of faith, repentance, baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost, and endurance until the end. Of course, there are many more things that we teach besides these basic five principles. Referring once more to the family proclamation, the wording is crystal clear on our duties. Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, and be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. Furthermore, we read that parents will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. These matters are once again likely what we are familiar with, given that this document is now almost 28 years old. However, how often do we really ponder on the matters we must face as parents? How often do we ask ourselves the big questions regarding how we will work with the inevitable conflicts that will arise? How often do we consider whether we are ready for the tasks that are spousal living and parenthood? Of course, no one is perfect, but thankfully, the Lord doesn't need perfect parents. He needs parents who will try. He needs those who will try with all their heart, might, mind, and strength. He needs those who will rely on Him, growing each day, progressing grace to grace. In other words, He needs us, and He needs us at our very best. The prospect of parenting is surely an intimidating one. There's a reason so many countless books have been written on the matter, each promising answers ensuring our children become productive, loving members of society. We also have the scriptures, which are full of stories, both good and bad, which can stand as either inspirations or warnings to us of what may occur if we do not watch ourselves daily. Yet all these and more cannot answer the great questions we will eventually face. No book can account for every individual situation, every unique person, every uncommon circumstance. No, it is here that we find a new strength in our marriage, that of a partnership with God. He wants us to succeed in this, not only for our children's sake, but also for the sake of our own growth. He is entrusting us with the opportunity to grow in learning how he feels about his children. Do you believe he would simply sit out such an important opportunity? That he would be a passive observer during such a vital time of development for both the parents and children? Nay, this is perhaps the greatest step in fulfilling his work in glory. With each word, action, and thought, we are shaping the future for not only ourselves, but for countless others as well. The future depends upon us. President Nelson even went so far as to call our time a hinge point in the history of the church, and your part is vital. The church and the mission of the restoration are ongoing, and we each have a role to play if we choose to do so. Individually, however, we can accomplish very little. This is where the power of family comes into play, for we are not ourselves left alone. We have opportunities to grow and to become, and then to pass those lessons and truths on to generations yet to come. 
I would go so far as to say that now we have a need for more faithful and devout parents than ever before. In this time of great debates and confusion, when countless voices call for conflicting actions, when contention seems near permanent, we need parents who will stand as examples to children and those around them. We need those who will consider the words of Doctrine and Covenants section 121, which states in part that no power or influence can or ought to be maintained only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile, reproving betimes with sharpness, when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy. Let thy bowels also be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy souls the dews from heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion, and thy scepter an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth. And thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion, and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever. This should be our mindset. This should be our cause. This should be the great influence over every action we take as parents. Let us be as Christ in both word and deed. For remember, our children will take far more from our example than from our words. From here, I recommend all study once more the Family Proclamation and Doctrine and Covenants 121, as well as any other scriptures or talks that may come to mind. Discuss them, learn from each other, and become stronger men and women of God. He needs you, now more than ever. And it's here I'll leave you for now. God bless, and have a wonderful evening. Lighter Day Saint is a podcast themed after discussing doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Though the author is a faithful member of the Church, he makes no claims to be a representative for the Church. Neither himself nor anyone that may be featured on the show is a spokesperson for the Church. All opinions expressed belong solely to their respective persons. Any word from the general authorities of the Church supersedes the word of the host or his guests. For more information, please visit churchofjesuschrist.org or comeuntochrist.org. Thank you as always for listening. I hope today's episode has made your day better. Have a wonderful one, and if you enjoy what you hear, please share it with your friends and family. We're also available on YouTube, where you can ask questions, give feedback, and share spiritual thoughts. Whenever we see you next, may your week be full of goodness and light.